Just stop it. The run of the mill, cheesy, humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women who go through hell to achieve their goals. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. Sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. This is Disruption Interruption. Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we are here today to talk with someone who's taken the reins of their industry horse and steered off the lame, tired path to venture into unexplored territory that has kicked up the dust on the status quo. Today's guest has over a decade of marketing automation experience. He's the author of Marketing Automation Unleashed. He is a Pardo aficionado, skydiving fanatic, a leader in the trailblazing community and served in the Marines for six years. Booyah. He's a conversational podcaster extraordinaire, and why are we talking to him today? Did his ability to see the big picture without forgetting those small details necessary for advancement and marketing goals that are needed to make your marketing strategies take them to the next level. Coming to us live from Nashua, New Hampshire, please welcome our disruptor, podcast architect of Ringmaster Conversational Marketing, Casey Cheshire. Hi. Alias. Ringmaster. <laughs> <laughs> ringmaster, your alias is Ringmaster. You're like a superhero. The Ringmaster, yes. Hi, hey, Kate. happy to be here. This is exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Podcast. So, you ready for the first question? Let's do it. All right. What is your key ingredient to disruption? Frustration, lack of patience, wanting to get up and go, right? Wanting to see results now. And not suffering the fools, not suffering to sit and wait and hope and do the busy work. It's when things happen and you know there's a better way, you sense there's a better way. I just, I can't do it. I can't sit there. It's kind of like having politics in an organization. I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't bring myself to be polite all the time. Like, call it like you see it. And if, Shit is fucked up. Can we swear, by the way? Yeah, right. we can. We can totally swear. Get past it. messed up. We got, I got to call it out and we got to find a better way. There's got to be a better way to do things. And that's, that's what I, I seek out. And, and also, yeah. Okay. So I'll say frustration, but I'll also say passion too. So I'll give you a positive and negative one on the passion side. I, I love when, when I love doing something, I'll stay up all night. When I hate doing something, I will find a way not to do it. Right. I will, I will do a podcast. I will like, Oh, hell no fishing, right. Anything. If I don't enjoy it, if I'm not in that passion zone, I'm not going to do it. And so for me, the recipe has been, if, the, if there is something that presents itself that I need to do and it's not in the passion zone, I'm either finding someone else to do it, or I'm getting frustrated and finding a better way of doing it. Like, does this even need to happen? Should we even be doing this in the first place? Right. Right. So you're in the category of frustrated disruptors that also have a passion for making it go right. So you're a problem solver. Yeah. 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 Right. But it starts with being a, a frustrated mofo. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what the hell By is way, this? What's the signature on your hat? Oh, this says live lucky. Uh, but what is it? There's a signature on the other side and on the bottom oh, bill. Oh, 
Yeah, that says it. Says oh, it there says too. Live, live Lucky? lucky. Yeah. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> okay. All right, good. So that is your main ingredient. Yeah. Has a little, to be. little bit of passion mixed up with a little. It's like an Oreo. It's a disruption Oreo. I guess the cookie is the is the frustration and the cream <laughs> is the passion. Okay. Together, What's just the other makes, cookie? What's that? The results? What's the other cookie part? No, no, no. The cookie part. I, oh, oh, the other cookie? No, I gotcha. I, it's passion surrounded by frustration. Yeah. <laughs> but the disruption is sweet. So that's why oh, we have it's an so Oreo. Sweet. Okay, but you need to dip it in the milk of success. You know it. <laughs> you know it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, all right. So let's talk about this disruption that you were so freaking uh, frustrated and passionate about, right? Yeah. So explain to me the frustration, explain to me the freaking status quo, like spell it out industry, yeah. what's happening. Just yeah. The shit, Yeah, the shit. Here's the deal. I'm a lifelong mark, long marketer, and I've been doing this for a long time, marketing, 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 especially in the B2B world. And there is kind of a groove you mentioned in your intro, like people get stuck in their grooves. There is a groove in B2B marketing. There is just sort of this path and it's so um, conservative. It's like, this is the way we've always yeah. done it. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's like, you know, disguised as best practices. There's this path and in the path is, okay, you want to meet these people, they're high level CTOs or whatever C-suite you're trying to meet going to go to conferences, you're going to spend money on a booth, and you're going to take people out to dinner and host parties. And hopefully they'll see your brand logo at some point. They don't care about it, but they'll have seen it maybe 11 times. And then eventually, you know, you'll, you'll meet one of the people on the team at, at that conference and, and they'll mention it to someone else and they'll be a recommender. And then your sales team's going to harass everyone anyways. And then ideally with enough the whiskey hugs and chugs, right? Like yeah. I like that. Whiskey like chugs it. and hugs. Like, oh, let's that, have that... a whiskey booth at the trade show. And yes. we're going to shoot whiskey and we're going to slap each other on the back. And right that's how I'm going to get my brand out there. Whiskey hugs and chugs. <laughs> One of my other clients told me that. I love right? that. She's like, Do you know yeah. who it was? Do Just I know who sources. it was? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a value-added reseller, Technologent. Okay, you're gonna tell me offline because it sounds and like they, we should go drinking with this guy <laughs> or gal. They do something disruptive to bypass the whiskey hugs and chugs that nice. they had to do during COVID. Yeah, but that's what she called it, right? Whiskey hugs and chugs, love it. So yeah, so that's happening on the sales side and the marketing side. It's let's have some ads. Let's go ahead and you know send out some direct mail and make you know God forbid billboard signs and. Let's, you know, again, the conferences and, and let's write white papers. I had one group I went and I, I was a part of and visited them. They, they had a, an attorney in New York city, create this 27 page white paper. And I don't know how, and this guy was like 300 more, you know, 500 uh, an hour. Right. I don't know how fast he can type, but 27 pages at that rate, that guy made massive bank on this white paper. And then I asked them, 
what did that paper solve for your customer? And all the eyes started going down and glossy, people stopped glossy looking eyes. at me. They, they didn't want to give me eye contact because they didn't have a goal for that piece of content. They just made it for making its sake. And so this is the status quo, this sort of boring B2B. It's like harassment. It's like sales harassment disguised as modern technology. All we're doing is we're spamming one tool or another or one rep or another. And it's like, God, there's got, and, it, and they were being kind of sleazy and, and there's some SaaS apps. You're just going to bully you into buying and you don't even know what you're getting yourself into. And it's just like, God, it's so gross. Get me out of here. So there's the frustration part of the cookie. So I want, I want to know a little bit more about the status quo. Do you happen yeah. to have any stat? I'm putting you on the spot here. Do you have any, any stats about the wasted number, uh, wasted amount of marketing dollars on this BS status quo? In oh, BC? yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that the stat like 87% of all stats are made up on the spot? Is that isn't the number? Um, <laughs> Let's do that. Let's make well, up some. No, really, <laughs> seriously. Do you know what it is from your well, experience? Well, here's a, here's a small example of that. Um, something around 80%, I mean, God, Pareto's everywhere, but something around 80 to 87% of all content ever created goes unread or unconsumed by a consumer. So here we are, you know, hiring our content people, writing, writing, writing out the wazoo. No one actually reads it, right? And, and so there's just one, not just one part of marketing, that sort of status quo marketing where we're just creating all this content, like that 27 page white paper that nobody could be bothered to read. Can I make a confession? Yes. I sign up for that shit and I have good intentions to read those eBooks. Oh, yeah. And I have a whole folder. You even put the them in a folder. That says, <laughs> it says eBooks to read. And I'm I bet like, you feel good about that, that folder, don't you? I'm going to get just, to that one day. One day I'm, I'll get to it. Yeah. I yeah. archive it. You know what? One day I'll search for that. Yeah. I probably won't search for that. No. And but I'm, it's in and, there. And every time I, I see it. it in there, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I need to read that. And then yeah. I feel like a schmuck for not reading it. But then I have other things to do, right? And when yeah. I go to buy something, I don't go back and look at those ebooks and say, who, who wrote that? Right. I mean, you know, there was that great they, ebook. Let me go back and check that out. It said yeah. no one ever, right? If they've had really good like relationship building with me, yeah, then that's where I purchase yeah. from them, right? Yeah. Okay. So I get the, the status quo. That's the status quo. Yep. So the 80, 20 rule is in effect here. 20% oh, of God, the content. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Especially people who dabble, like uh, dabbling like an amateur with Google AdWords is a dangerous place to be because you're just going to spend money and Google's not going to go, Oh, excuse me, sir. You're accidentally <laughs> spending too much money on our servers. Uh, can you, can you please turn off this ad group? You know, yeah, they're you're like, like, you're being an idiot. Let's right. help you out. No, especially like, Facebook. They're like, can you give us a second credit card? So we max yeah. out your first one that we can just go keep going on the second one. No one's going to tell you that, that you're completely wasting your spend for no reason whatsoever. No uh, one. And that's just, you know, there's AdWords. There's all these other places you end wasted time, wasted budget. <sighs> it's a rough. freaking rat trap, actually, because oh, yeah. you get into this frenzy of like, oh, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to get out there. Right. I mean, yeah, I've been guilty of it. Yeah. Okay, volume, so right? Let's go for that book. volume. Let's get it out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So you've sufficiently ruined me on this. Ruined. <laughs> the status quo. I'm like, I'm a puddle. It's so boring. Floor. Yeah. It's boring. It, 
and people live these quiet lives of desperation. Where's that quote from? I don't know, but they do. <laughs> I know marketers, it is something. Yeah, marketers living quiet lives of desperation, they hoping do. to justify their jobs because all they're doing is saying we got impressions and we got um, brand hits on our our site and when the, the bounce rate is X, Y, Z, who cares, man, you got to yeah. justify with revenue. So there's all, it's all this ickiness where, you know, these poor, I, I was there as a marketer early, early in the day when I didn't know any better, I would send out an email to like a million people. And the CEO would say, can you send one out to a million and a half? Like just send an extra half a million emails out. Let's just see what happens. See what happens. To the same people who are just going to piss them off that much more. And they're like, get me out of this thing. So yeah, it just, that's, that's the status quo is this icky and we keep adding more tech to it and it doesn't necessarily make it better, right? The tech's not going to just make it not status quo. It's just it's like an arbitrary on top of an arbitrary, yeah. on top of an arbitrary instead of yeah. finding the why. So, all right. I feel icky enough. What, yeah. what is the transformation? What's the disruption? It's the probably disruption. too simple to even be understood. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's so simple and interesting. I found this is starting to grow and grow. I, I started realizing that I had almost never talked to a customer in marketing. Marketing used to own the customer relationship. We used to be the one doing the mad men test with the people to see what they thought about it, giving the feedback back to product, yeah. telling sales how to sell it. We used to be there. And then we sort of relegated ourselves to being these like antiquated budget spenders that don't really justify themselves with it. it's gross right so so we used to always talk to customers and i realized modern marketing nearly never talks to them and so we started talking to them and we realized wow so many things come about when you talk to customers well where does this end up this ends up three years ago i needed to create a bunch of content and not wanting to go down the same path as that firm that hired the attorney Right. Um, and not able to be that attorney, I thought, oh, what's a better way of creating content? Now, this isn't the overall solve, but it was just a small step in the right direction. How could I create a bunch of content that's actually really good that people will want that doesn't take an, an, a 10 hours to create, right? I remember writing a, a little cool little article on, on LinkedIn posts. This cool article I had a picture of a helicopter with Coast Guard rescuing someone. It was like NQLs are dead. It was a great article, like 12, 12 likes or like Crickets. 12 views, Crickets. maybe. And then, like, my mom liked the post, right? <laughs> um, and I'm followed by more than, you know, more than anyone I know. And yet, nope, that's all I got. And so it's hit or miss where you put a picture of something interesting on there, like Spider Man with his shirt off, and it got like, 300 hits, but you're like, what am I doing? Right. So I'm in this mix. And then I discovered, you know what? Podcasts. I've been listening to them for a long time. Good old Joe Rogan's been doing his thing. And I thought, well, man, what about doing that? And I went through this process of figuring it out, trying it out. And, and there are a lot of nerds out there telling you what mic to get, but not a lot of people saying, well, this is how you do it to really make a difference in business or how you just thing so here i was that same old story. i was frustrated i'm like this is i need to make content. i need to educate our buyers we want to be that of a set i don't want to do this writing method what about talking what about conversation and then i realized i also don't know everything i used to think i did but then i started interviewing people that knew way more than i did and it was amazing because they just taught me for free and then all these amazing conversations with these brilliant people i had an hour and a half podcast with a professor of marketing from wharton like oh what wow is that right like and they're just educating me and this is making the most amazing content on the planet 
and I'm learning from it too. But, but what was amazing about this whole experiment with wanting to create content is that I found the solution to disrupt all of marketing its entire self, which is I was talking directly to many at times, not the professor, but other times I was talking to CMOs and potential customers of my company. And, and then a miraculous thing happened. We would spend a half an hour, we'd do a little prep call. We'd talk on a podcast like we're doing. And after a, a concerted amount of time together, we thought, not everyone, but we thought, hey, we kind of like each other. Yeah. This is pretty cool. <laughs> not and everyone. Yeah, right. Not everyone, but we, and they hired cool. you, they hired you, they, they hired me. Yeah. Right. And they said, you know what? We need your help with marketing automation. Let's do this. And uh, many times somebody else needed their help and I connected them and we just created this great little network and, and this great little family and connection. It was good old, like old fashioned sales. It was like, I like you, you like me, let's do business together. And technically that's how it's always been. <laughs> here's my checkbook. Yeah. And here's my checkbook, but it didn't feel gross. Like you were trying to do that. You just wanted to learn from these people. Yeah. You realize you trust they wanted them. to learn from you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Built, you know, B2B is all about relationships. That's for damn sure. hundred percent. hundred percent. Right. Education and relationships. And, and the podcast nailed that for me, for all of those things. I did. I never needed content again. Didn't need to hire a content agency to, to, you know, churn out garbage that but you, no one but even you knows do churn out about. content from the podcast oh right? yeah yeah 100 you've got videos audios you got clips and then the secret there with the content is you can have a junior copywriter or someone who could just maybe barely speak english but wants to learn marketing listen to an interview like what we're doing and say don't write about what you research just go listen to kj go listen to casey what kind of knowledge are they dropping right about what you heard on that podcast? And that's our blog post. The top seven tips to disrupt B2B marketing. Yeah. Top seven tips to, you know, annihilate your competition with annihilate. PR. And then they can like, just write from the interview from the badass themselves. Right. right. Be a true reporter. Yeah. Yeah. A novel, a novel idea. Novel idea. Novel. Way more fun to listen to than like a chamber of commerce or an aldermanic meeting, right? Like, <laughs> like what poor journalists sitting in that meeting trying to figure out what they're going to write about for the paper. No, 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 screw that. Come listen to a podcast and get a job in content marketing. Yeah, That's the talk to the people on the ground floor, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. It's true. It's true. Okay. Well, that seems too simple to be believed. Too simple to be believed, but it's true because yeah, and it's working. It, yeah, it's working. It's working hand over fist in amazing ways. And I just recently went on a little networking event on a boat a couple of days ago, B2B yeah. MX. I got invited to go on the boat. I wasn't even at the conference and they're like, come on over. And these are all people I'd, I'd grown relationships with and connected with by interviewing other marketers on my podcast. And it's just been amazing. So I've created a, a, a community. I've created, I've, I've gained friends out of it, right? So all the above came from this. And then the, the real moment when I was like, this is it, this is working, was when I had a CEO invite me to come camping with her and her friends the next time they were up in New Hampshire. And I thought, this is, this is legit. And at the <laughs> same time, I had a friend who said, hey, I have a, I have a startup that I'm helping. I'm in their VP of sales and, and we want to get our name out there. Do you have any marketing ideas? And I thought, there's two paths you can take here. There's the two-year program of spending, give me like 300 grand or 500. I'll go to trade shows. We'll put the brand out there. It, 
it's not going to be very Old quickly. You're probably going to have no yeah. sales for two years, but you're slowly yeah. but surely that old school model, we're going to beat down the door or tomorrow I could line up an interview with one of your best buyers and you can learn from them and ask them questions like you should be doing anyways. Yeah. And then if you strike it up and you hit it off, maybe they're going to inquire, but no matter what they get off the interview and they're going to know what your company is. Hell yeah. And they've talked to you for an entire hour. For an hour. Yeah. Yeah. For an hour. Okay. That's badass. Super so, badass. um, you already told me how you, how you did it. Right. Yeah. I I'm curious, like who gets cut out every time there's a disruption, it's, you know, you're changing the status quo. You're making things better for the consumer. So the consumer here, in this case, you're making things better for them, obviously, is there anybody that gets cut out? Is there any process that gets cut out here? Yeah, it's a good, it's a great question. Um, man, what gets cut out? It's almost too early to tell in this kind of a disruption, but I'll just sort of take random stabs in the air at it. Okay. Um, I, I know that in a general sense, this can very much replace um, like a business development person. Not all of them, but for sure, that host is essentially doing business development in a really cool, fun way that's actually successful. So you don't really need that dialing for dollars person because you're right. literally podcasting for right. dollars and you're doing it, you know, and so you don't need that role. Um, and then what else are you doing? You're also creating a hell of a lot of content. So instead of maybe hiring a content agency to just invent the thing or writers or anything like that, you can either repurpose them to listen to your podcast and write from that or, you know, like trim that team and, and have them focused on that. Right. So you don't need those, those outsiders who don't really know. I mean, I've, I read an article the other day of someone writing an article like that. They didn't really know. They didn't write from authority. They, they kind of wrote like a reporter saying, well, you could try this. Yeah. Don't take our word for it. And you just thought, oh, that's not it. So you, well, you they don't have your that. deep industry knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I do know unless you really have a stellar team that knows how to pull that out of yeah. the expert, <clears throat> you really can fall flat. Oh that. yeah. So flat. It just, yeah. it's like thin air. And many times you have to interview them for an hour. So yeah. why not do the podcast, right? Yeah. hundred percent. So that, I mean, that's affected probably the tech thins out because people realize it's not all, all these magical things. It's not Martech all about is not always the answer. It's harass. just, it, yeah. Martech yeah. creep is just becoming so onerous yeah pervasive ubiquitous onerous yeah. all the all the big five dollar words today <laughs> yeah it's true um all right so when did this you know you have major you had a major frustration right but was there yeah. like a tipping point like when did you say that's fucking it hmm. you know i i think that i think that what that was I think it was probably after that post that I wrote where it was just like, you know, you spent hours and I can write really well. And then it was clear. It was like, this is a great post on LinkedIn. That one that like, you know, yeah. 12 people saw and my mom, you know, so it was like, I know this is a great post. I know this would be helpful for people, but clearly I was, I was literally seeing that 87% of content not being consumed. I was like being a part of that. And I was like, this is complete bullshit. Like if, if I'm going to create content in the future, let me get a lot more out of it than just creating content. So that way, you know, let's say no one listens to your podcast. That's okay. Because you built a great relationship with someone. You learned a whole bunch of things. You expanded your network 
and you maybe you got a new customer out of it. You know, these things. And that's before even even listens to it. So it, it flips the model instead of being like all about how many views you got and how many likes you got and all those likes didn't actually read it. They just, they're just giving you props. They're helping you out, but they didn't actually read it. They weren't affected by it. Yeah. You know, it flips that model. So it doesn't matter how many readers you have. It's the guest that matters the most. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It does flip the model. So you've yeah. taken, you know, podcasts have started off uh, with a bang. Like when did they really come out? What year was that? Four years God. ago? Yeah, it's technology in, I don't, I don't know. It's probably early 2000s. Okay. But, but it's it, when yeah, the MP3 yeah, came early out, you know. Really? I thought it was four years ago. Maybe it's less than that, right? Well, Rogan has been getting high and doing his podcast for like 13 years, I think. Okay. Um, okay. Well, he's like an anomaly, but. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it seems to be pretty pervasive, right? Like a lot of people have podcasts, right? But yeah. what you're saying is they're just doing it to do it. They're not thinking with the ROI in mind and how to reverse this account-based marketing model that has gotten so completely complicated, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So a lot of people are just doing it to do it and that's cool. That's fine. Hey, you're trying something new. You're expanding your horizon. You're getting out there, but there, there's that whole other level you can take it to. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than the kind of mic you have. You buy the mic once, but you interview people every time. So it's like, what kind of questions do you ask? How do you make that guest a rock star? You know, how do you make them just feel like they're just crushing it? You know, right. they're, in, they're in the green room for Jimmy Kimmel and they're just like feeling good. Like you, you rock this thing, man. And, and that's how you build a relationship is you go through something a little bit nervous, a little bit scary together. You're like, wow, we did that show together and it worked. People liked it. We, People we love to talk about themselves. True. Yeah, true. they do. If you yeah. can elicit that. So you themselves and their passions too. Yes, that is so true. So what do you think this whole marketing B2B step, like how does this look in the future with this new disruption? Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to think about that for a long time. Maybe I need to like get some peyote or do like a sweat lodge or something to kind of like you could do, do what the Vikings do. Yeah. They would take some DMT like or something, like, right. Um, gods, right. Get out there to kind of like get a 10 years in it in the future, because what happens when every, you know, pe people have sometimes challenged, just like when you challenge jumping out of a plane, you're like, Oh, why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Why does everyone say perfectly good? Where does that phrase come from? I don't know, but people always challenge you with that. People always challenge the podcast thing these days by saying, doesn't everyone have one? Well, technically, no, everyone doesn't have one. But let's say everyone does have one in the future. What is that like? Well, that completely changes the game for the media, you know, which is why they're trying to get into it more. Maybe it becomes more about a network of podcasts. It also becomes all about choosing podcasts and vetting them and understanding and finding the ones you like right now. And, you know, it's just like, I think it'll get to the point where just like you subscribe to see people's playlists on Spotify, maybe you, you meet someone and you subscribe to their podcast to learn more about them and, and vet them out, see if you like them as, as well. So maybe everyone does have a podcast in the future. And then as you meet people, instead of swapping just business cards or swapping, Hey, here's my podcast. Here's my pod. And you get to learn about the person, what they do and who they are. And yeah, it, it definitely changes the game. And and of course, people will try to abuse it just like 
you know, search engine optimization, SEO, they try to abuse that, you know, people try to abuse these channels and that'll happen, but there'll be a way we'll get, we'll get better at filtering out that noise. I think right now we're not so good at that. We just sort of are going with it, but I think the eventually same pattern that happens with all marketing is going to happen. And then they're going to yes. have to disrupt this, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, I think if the media listens to podcasts on some, you know, critical issues or with people, they'd have great reporting. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Great reporting. And what happens when those individual reporters are, are simply just doing their own podcasts and they don't need to write for someone else anymore, or they don't need to be part of the bigger, I don't well, know. That's the whole network media today, right? Yeah. So it's already going in that direction for sure. Yeah. What so, do you think? Cause your, your PR background, I'd love to, what do you, when, when everyone's a news and, and this has happened with YouTube, but when everyone's a creator, what, what does that do? Well, the news change? works on a different formula than the content creators, content creators work on the formula of let's talk about the solution first. The news works on the formula of let's talk about the harm and the controversy and all the bad things first, right? So there's that alarms people to keep their eyes glued to the news, right? If you can marry the two, which, you know, is something that should be done, mm. then you have not only people gluing to the news for, oh my God, what's going to happen next, but they're going to have actual real solutions and thought leaders that are telling them what the F is really going on. And that's going to drive revenues for the media because people get pissed off. If the media doesn't do that, they're starting to learn that, which is why yeah. we don't have, you know, the age of big media anymore. It's all network media because the network yeah. media are like, yeah, they want to hear about the problems, but they need a solution. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. It's not, it's interesting that you bring that up in the, in the switch where it's the negative first and then the positive. Yeah, we're certainly not there yet. It's certainly early in the adoption for podcasts and, and even YouTube creators. Uh, there was a recent thing. Do you know about the, the Boeing Starliner? Do you know about that? It, okay, Did so I? there's, there's SpaceX like and Elon Musk, right? Okay. Yeah. You know about those guys? Yeah. Okay, right? So um, they were in a competition with Boeing and their Starliner. Um, which was like going to be a capsule that was going to go to the space station. They're both going to bring humans to the space station. They were in a race. Well, two years ago, Boeing was going first and they had an issue with their unmanned one. It, the, the clocks were off and it like didn't, it couldn't make it to the space station. And NASA was like, you guys are screwed up. And they had been kind of beating up SpaceX because they're the new guys and their thing went perfectly. So now SpaceX has sent like, I don't know, four crews, you know, 20 people at this point up to the space station. And so Boeing Starliner, two years later, after all those malfunctions, is doing another test fire, uh, empty capsule to, to show NASA that they could be another provider bringing people to the space station, right? This was like last week. Well, what happened? They had an error. They had an issue on the oh. pad and they knew about it a week in advance. And then the time came for the thing and it didn't launch. And I'm a SpaceX fan, but I was going to watch this thing. Hey, go, go team earth. But you know what? They had another issue again. And I was like, kind of rooting for my team. Like, yeah, SpaceX, take that Boeing. Uh, <laughs> but I go to YouTube and I, I, and I'm searching Boeing Starliner, Boeing Starliner. And I'm seeing nothing. I'm seeing some news channels doing the general report of like, Oh, it didn't fire. I'm like, I know it didn't fire, but I need some nerd to talk about what, happened why didn't it fire and no one created that for like maybe seven days later someone 
put some stuff out there or they mentioned it briefly, but I'm like, where's the guy being like Boeing, get your head out of your ass. Let's go. And, and that didn't happen. So I know that there's still some gaps in, in different kinds and styles of reporting, but I know it'll get much more niche like this, where there's particular topics and interests, just like on clubhouse, you go to a particular room, yeah. a particular topic. Ooh, there's maybe that's where podcasts will go. It'll be like a podcast clubhouse, right? Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is with podcasts, they're recorded for all time. Yeah, that's true. So it's amazing. Yeah. Especially when you start true. forgetting who did I talk to? What happened? You can go listen to your own recording and then remind yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's badass. So, so it came about when you saw that post and it was abysmal. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. abysmal results. I knew it was a great post, but then like no love, no love on that post because everyone's trying to just in the status quo game is like get your friends tag everybody get them all to share this post no one's gonna actually read it but let's make ourselves feel better that we wrote it it's like that's the bullshit right there it's really ironic isn't it yeah who are the early adopters of this right yeah who who are they like you know who who are the guys that get get this right away they're like i'm in there's there's a there's a few of them happening it's like and people are realizing that it doesn't require that huge audience you don't need to be joe rogan let joe be joe he's got the millions of general listeners he likes archery and hunting mma cool that's his that's his stick right in comedy there's there's a podcast for u.s government contracting officers right how would there like 300 of them in the US? They do all the buying for the United States and there's a podcast for them and maybe 200 of them listen, but there's a line out the door of people who would love to advertise or meet these people or talk to them or be a part of that project whatsoever to get their, their brand out there. Cause they're doing the old method, right? They're doing the, please notice me. So they'll sponsor that podcast. So that's yeah. in a way, some of the old methods will be sponsoring these podcasts in the short term, eventually trying to start up their own. And you'll, you'll, you'll see the difference between the early adopters who make a podcast to toot their own horn versus ones who create it for the relationship. Yeah. So and, like, who are the adopters that are doing that? Who are the early adopters for the latter part? Do we know? In, in a good way? Yeah. 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 Uh, Dan Ryan, fantastic guy. Um, hospitality mogul. He's brilliant in the space of design and hospitality. He's got the Dan Ryan show and, Yes, it's his name, but he's not, he's not there. He even it says in his like intro. Dick Van Dyke, Dan Ryan. Yes, yes. Yeah. In his intro, he even says, look, you know, I like to shorten people's journeys. That's what I do. That's my, my why in life. I'm not here to, you know, make millions or billions or this or that or rockets. I'm here to shorten people's journeys, connect people, help them along the way. And in hospitality, we get to do that every day by making people stay a little bit more pleasant, right? And so he's just talking to other people. He's asking them, what does hospitality mean to you, mm. right? In his industry, and in the kind of and he already has relationships, but but he's doubling down those relationships by learning from his friends, learning from his network. Um, and you know, sometimes you 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 know someone for a long time, but to sit down with them and talk on a podcast, you realize, damn, they're pretty smart. Yeah, like no, I can learn from true. some of these people. It's and so, so Dan's true. doing a great job. Frontline Innovators, another company, Skillful, they're doing an amazing job. They they actually help train frontline workers to use technology because sometimes it's like, you know, you're, you're on the front line, whether you're, you know, it could be medical, could just be you're, you're at the Verizon store and, and your company gave you an app. 
you don't know how the hell it works. Yeah. And the developer <laughs> didn't talk to you to help you figure out how to That's do your job. Better. So what is their podcast about? Right. For, well, Frontline they- Innovators, it's all about how do we help these people in the front lines use technology? Let's, let's plug the gap where you and make you can the listen tech. To this while you drive, like, oh, yeah. Walk, yeah. Run. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. They get it. They totally get it. And, and they're interviewing people. They're learning stories. And from them, they're learning about people's past or what really flavors their future. Right. And so they're learning from people that are in this industry. Maybe they're in logistics or whatnot that when they were 18, they drove a bread delivery truck, right. With their dad, or they, they, they went along those rides. And so they learned from a very early age, what did it mean to be the, in the frontline delivery service or in these other particular areas that their past has such a rich experience and that can come out on a podcast. It can't come out in a 30 second podcast, but a little bit of a longer format, it can come out. And then you realize, wow, these are all real people with real experiences, but that's where their strategy is flavored. Then you get to really know them, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, so I'm going to ask you like, who the hell are you? Like, how, how did you come to this particular path? Like what did little Casey go through? to get to this frustration, passion yeah. point. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, I think I think all through time, even little Casey um, was always kind of frustrated with doing things he didn't want to do, right? And <laughs> But if totally it was something I wanted you, to right? do, then I'm like all about it. But if I don't want to do it, I'm like, Hmm, how can I, what can I do here? Right. I need, I need, I need some solution. I can't just not do it. Did but you I drive your solution. mother crazy? I'm um, sure. Um, homework, huh? That's a funny concept. What do we do with this? How do we fix this problem? So early age, I, I was always kind of thinking about different ways of trying new things. But for me, one of the things that I saw early on, I remember being a kid watching a movie on TV and they were in New York city um, in that big old park, right? What was the movie? Do you remember? I don't know. So I don't they were know. at Central Park. They're in Central Park. Maybe someone okay. can, you know, one of your listeners can identify this movie. Yeah. So they're, in, they're in Central Park and this kid is walking around. Maybe there are trolls in it too, under the bridges in Central Park. I don't know. But this, this kid is in there. Um, he's walking through Central Park and he, he sees a crowd gathered around a clown uh, who was like a magician. And he had a little table and he, on the table, he had a fishbowl. And one of the things the clown was doing was doing that like classic thing where like reaches behind your ear and grabs like a silver yeah, dollar like a coin um, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But he was doing it from like all the kids and like, Hey, they're all giggling and laughing. But then he started just grabbing randomly grabbing coins from the air and then throwing in the fishbowl. And the fishbowl was like filling up to the point where it was like half full of all these little silver dollars. He's grabbing from there and just throwing them down in there. And then he covers it up and he pulls it away. And there's a fish in there swimming like a goldfish in water and the coins are You're gone. Like- I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and and for those listening that were born like four days ago, there wasn't CGI really back then. If there was, it was like Yoda. And you're like, okay, I, yeah. I get it, right? <laughs> yeah. So there were, it was not like this clown, like they froze frame or something. It was like a legit trick. And that really started me down the path of magic and really just exploring and becoming a magician. And I would go to the school library and I'd look up books on magic and they'd so have cute. tricks. No and they'd way. have, and there's always two ways of looking at something, right? There was what you're showing people. And then there was what was actually happening to make the magic happen. I right. think, I think that sort of, you know, me trying to stay in the passion zone and then realizing whenever I saw something, there was always another thing going on. There was always another way to do it. You know, but that those coins didn't 
magically turn into- What was your first magic trick? Fish. What was my what? Like your first magic, like when did, what was the magic trick you mastered? Yeah, there's a lot of them. And this became like a a passion of mine for years. I would do magic shows for the neighborhood kids. I remember one of the fun ones, and I liked two kinds of magic. I liked stage magic because it was big and awe-inspiring. And I liked kid magic. So like I would do birthday parties and stuff. And I would dress up like a clown without the makeup because who had time for that? You were still a kid? Oh yeah. 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 And I had the big shoes on though. And that was the best. The kids would, and I got paid like a lot for a kid. No. Like $50 an hour. Really? It was amazing. It's like two hours. I'm like, this is your first paid gig. Yeah. I actually kept a binder of all the shows I did. (laughs) And I had a little sheet that I printed out and I filled it out every time I did a show. So they cookie, what was the date? Did I, did I, um, make any money from it did i use any things that had expenditures like this any one time use things and then you know how did it go and then i would stamp paid on it once they paid me um but yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know it was just it was how old were you like 10 years old i don't know something like that oh, yeah that's freaking great. But, but one of my favorite ones was this coloring book the magic coloring book and so you show kids a coloring book and they're like yay coloring book okay and you're like i need colors for this coloring book take them off your shirts and throw them at me so they, they were like literally grab colors off their shirts and they throw them at you and you what try do you mean? to ca- how would they grab colors off their shirt well like just even now like pull you pull some color off your shirt and just throw it at me you know like this red off my hat i'll just pull it off of there yeah right uh, okay and I'm, and I'm capturing it in the book right and then i'd wave my hand around it and then i'd flip through it again and now all the pictures are colored in right yeah because you're like wait what the hell <laughs> and then <laughs> and then i'm like they oh. pay you right and how then i'm like well how much do they pay me yeah do you remember what how the, much the did kids? they pay you for that oh for that trick or just yeah. the show oh is it a show it was part of a show oh yeah you do a show yeah you do a show but many many tricks and you have them all coordinated which one comes first which one comes second and have like a whole process to that. Wow. But I remember the, the best part about this book was that you'd say, okay, thank you so much for all those colors. I want to give them back to you. So I'm going to take them out of the book and I'm going to give them back to you. Catch them, catch them. They all catch them. Cute as little kids catching the colors in the air. And then you flip back through the book. And there's no now color. even the pictures are gone and it's blank. It's totally blank all through the whole what? book. And, and you're like, I guess I, I, I threw more back at you than I should have, you know, but it was just so cute. It was fun though. You made people, it was, there was joy, there was fun. Um, but you were always, even if you saw like a magic show on TV, you're like, everyone else is really like, wow. And you're thinking like, Hmm, how'd that asshole do that? <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. Your kids today. Are you like, do you do these magic tricks? Yes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they still can't figure it out. They, they do love <laughs> Don't it. tell them. They do Don't love it. Tell nope, them. You can't tell. That's a magician no. secret. How did you, know? you do that one though? Okay. You don't have to tell me. I know you won't tell me, but did you ever make homework go away? Um, well, I tried to. I tried to. That's a little harder. Like you you can make your calculus work disappear, but in the end, the teacher needs it to reappear. So that was the one trick that I had challenges with was well, making. You could have like paid somebody to do it with all that money that you made. I, I did not say I that if anybody listens and they have I could have. You're right. Yeah. We're like, here, you could pay me and you could do my calc homework. That'll yeah. help you study. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a study service. Uh, That's awesome. So what do you do in your life today? Like, what are your crazy passions? Are you still doing yeah. like magic? You know, not so much anymore, but I would, 
I'm dying to get back into theater. But what I found is for me, the idea, the podcasting is a theater, right? It is a stage. We're on a stage right now. We have many, many, many people listening and they can't, they can't boo us. So that's kind of nice, but, um, yeah. but they're, <laughs> they're, it's, it's its own stage. So it's not bad. It's, yeah. it, and so that's kind of, that's kept my, my quotient full of the performance arts and the just helping wow people. You don't get to see the reactions though, which is why at least it's one-on-one. So we can see each other's reactions. Some people do podcasts that are just solo. Cool more power to you, but that's more of an art form than it is necessarily a dialogue or a business type of, um, you know, show. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I I had this crazy thought, like, so what was the first magic trick you did for your wife or then girlfriend, fiance, do you remember you had to do this? No, I see. I don't know. Yeah. She would remember. I didn't need to. I, cause (laughs) when I, when I joined the Marines, I had made this transition where I was like, okay, I'm a Marine. So I'm just gonna walk around and, you know, stick my chest out and be like, Hey, what's up? So I, I showed up unannounced at uh, the writing center where she was working at um, university. I just showed up in my class C Charlie uniform right after boot camp, you know, and I'm wearing like all of, She's you know, smitten. 150 pounds wet, you know, and, uh, and I showed up in my, my Charlie uniform with a bouquet of flowers. And I was like, these are for you. She hadn't seen me. We hadn't talked. We weren't even going out. I thought she had a boyfriend too. But you know, you're Marine. So you're like, what the cares? hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, Booyah, and so I brought these and I was like, these are for you. And we chat chit chat for a little bit. And then I just and I bounced. And the person <laughs> she was helping at the place, they like clearly couldn't work on their writing essays anymore. They're like, what was that? What just happened? But that was my it was the magic appearing flowers, I guess. That's what they you were did. real. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So what made you decide to be a Marine? The challenge. The challenge. Yeah. Um you know, my parents, you know, I grew up in a military family. So it was interesting. I always assumed I was going to do some kind of military something. Really? Um, and my dad was in the Air Force and the Navy. And so, I, you know, I, I asked around after college, you know, what, what's everyone got going on? And the Army, oh, they'll take anyone and they'll give you lots of money. To, so join the Army, kids. Um, they'll take anyone. They'll give you like a $40,000 signing bonus. You can do whatever you want. Life is grand. Um, yeah, Air Force, they want you to be smart. But if you are, they'll take you and you know they'll probably give you some money, let you choose something or other. Um, I didn't talk to the Navy. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the Marine Corps, I definitely didn't talk to you because they're crazy, right? Like I'd seen their amazing commercials, but I just assumed. They have the best marketing of all the armed forces. Best, oh, 100%, 100%. Best marketing. But I never talked to them because it seemed kind of scary and like, yeah. you know, who's, who's qualified for that? Yeah. Um, but you know what? Marketing got me. Marketing got me. Of they course. had free, free helicopter rides at the local <laughs> university. No, I'm like, no. hell yeah, I want a helicopter ride. So I went to the local university, you go in their quad and then this huge, like Huey lands on the quad and they're like, Hey kid, get in. And you go to get in the back. They're like, no, not the back. Get in the front. You're like, what? It's like, I get in the front and there's this female pilot. She's like, Hey, what's up? Let's go. And we've like flew all around Nashua, New Hampshire. And I'm just like, this is awesome. Well, it was the Marines and that was their lead gen, right? Hell of a good lead gen. And later on, they're like, hey, let's let's talk. But when we talked, they were the only one who was like, hmm, okay, you're interested. I'm like, maybe, I don't know. Um, but I had been in, you know, just got out of college. I've been doing theater in college, drinking those peppermint mochas. I was not in shape, right? <laughs> so like theater body, 
right? And so they're like, eh, you know, we're not going to pay you any extra signing bonuses. You don't really get a chance to choose what you want to do, really. Um, and we don't want you, right? And I was like, oh, okay. Take it away. Yeah, and they're like, we, we don't want you. That. So I was like, screw those guys. <laughs> and that whole summer, I just, I ran, cue the Rocky theme song. I'm just like, you know, running on the track every day, getting sunburned and getting in shape. And I got in shape and I came back and they're like, okay, let's do this. And so, they signed you. And they signed me up and I went Fast. to Paris Island. And, and yeah. you did it for six years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's super cool. So do you do anything with the, like, what is it? The, um, is it the reserves? Are you part of the reserves now or? Nope. Out, nope. All out. You're out, all out. out. Yep. Except once Marine, always Marine. So yes. I'm still in, but I don't have to report anywhere. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So your crazy passion is like podcasting. Do you have anything else that you do? Outside podcasting and, and, and mountains. I just love mountains. The bigger, the better you see them. And what do you go camping in person? You go camping, hiking. What's the deal? Camping, hiking. But yeah, if I see a mountain, I'm like, man, I want to kind of go to the top of that. I wonder what that would be like. What's your favorite mountain? Um, oh, I'm just going to go Everest on that one. Mount Everest is definitely the favorite mountain. Are you going to do been. Everest one day? I would like to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. I kind of have a whole goal progression I'm working with on a co with a coach to go bigger and bigger and bigger. So not like the crazy kind of just go to the big one. You got to like yeah. work your way up. Have you been to so, Kilimanjaro yet? Not yet. I was supposed to do that two years ago, COVID. But then um, that's so sucks. You know, it got rescheduled. So I'm going to shoot for this coming uh, next year. So 22. Start on Kilimanjaro, then start working around to the seven summits, and go from there. Wow. So you're really going to do Everest. I like to, yeah, That's forget badass. the opportunity. You know, I am not a mountaineer, but I did climb a few mountains in Peru. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Those yeah, are that high. Was, that was Those like, are really high. <laughs> yeah. That was an experience to behold. Uh, that was like a week long trek. We'd go and up Did you wear one of like, those like parkas, those like woven llama parkas? And <laughs> there were llamas. There was a, I swear it was like out of a space opera, like movie because the i'm like there's no freaking way they carved these granite like oh my gosh steps yeah. on these uh, you know perfectly on these mountains up and down we went up fourteen thousand feet we'd be up in sleet and you know hail and then we'd go down all into the jungle and it was absolutely brutal mm -hmm. um there's no way i'd do it again absolutely no way i'd do it again um but one of the most brutal but funnest times in my life i bought um helivac insurance all this like insurance oh of course you got there right? when i got there i was like there's no freaking way a helicopter could even get in here like <laughs> scam oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah helicopters are like i'm not going up there yeah yeah and um there was about 10 of us there was 10 of us and they were like a few of them wanted to do kilimanjaro next and i was like nope I'm out. I'm like, I'm freaking out. Right. Next year, you know, maybe I'll talk you into it. I'll nurture maybe. you with some marketing, you know? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I trained for it and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was badass. But oh, yeah. Not what, not what I was like. I don't know what I was <laughs> expecting. I never had any like experience like that. Sure. There's yeah. usually a part, sometimes halfway, who knows how high up we're, we're, I remember doing this with Mount Rainier in Washington where I was, halfway 80 percent up whatever we're somewhere more than just started and i'm like 
I'm tired. This <laughs> sucks. I'm like, it's this not- is a lot of work. <laughs> and I'm like, what kind of a hobby is this? This is a shitty hobby. Shitty, right? Yeah. <laughs> then, like, have, then like- you get to the top and you're like, okay, not bad. I'm still tired as hell, but that's pretty cool. I don't have to climb anymore, but then you have to go back down. But then I remember sitting in like the base lodge back down at the bottom, my feet up, drinking a Rainier beer, thinking, that was awesome. I can't wait to do that again. You know, so maybe it's a mental illness. I don't know. It's like childbirth. Is you know, it? they go Tell through me. it and then it's like so painful. And then afterwards, they're like, I could do it again. Yeah, that and puppies, right? You're like, oh, it's fine, right? They're cute little dogs. Yeah, it for like two years, it peed everywhere. Yeah, you, like you chewed horrid, on everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you oh, forget I that. I want though. another one. Let's yeah. get a puppy. Well, you can invite me to Kilimanjaro. I don't know. Start like marketing to me. Well, podcast on the cup. Yeah. Way in advance. We'll see. Way in there. advance. <laughs> yeah. Start. You're going to have I'll talk to, to Gina. We'll get it scheduled. <laughs> oh, Casey, this has been fun. So where do people find you? Yeah, absolutely. Two, two great places. Um, Casey Cheshire at uh, just.com. Casey Cheshire.com. And Cheshire, then spell it for us. Cheshire. C-H-E-S-H-I-R-E. So there's that. And then okay. there's the podcasting world. So ringmasterlive.com is the web address there. Um, and then also my books on Amazon. Once you become an author, you can just shamelessly plug it. That's all true. There every is, day. And tell us what the name of the book is. I'm called Marketing Automation Unleashed. And it's Marketing not so much about automation the tech. Unleashed. Yeah. Marketing Automation Unleashed. It's not about the tech. It's about the strategies that go into marketing. Um, and there's a roadmap in there. There's an assessment in there. Just to, I just want people to get out of the the rut. You know, get 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 above it. Work on the business, not just in it. That's badass. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you. That's it. Right on. This Thanks for having fun. me. This has been fun. Yeah, for sure. So, guys, that's it. If you learned something today or you laugh, tell somebody about this podcast. Tell people to go disrupt their markets, and give them some tidbit from this show. And thank you for listening to the Disruption Interruption podcast, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society, with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal, healthcare, or financial advice, or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal situation or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links do not create an agency-client relationship between Joto PR and the user.